It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait! Can't can't can't, can't wait! It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. It is the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Lizer here with Jake Hatch, and we are live and alive at our home, Jake. Stockton 12 Honda, 108 60 South Automall Drive, down here in Sandy. Super easy to find. Yes. It's our favorite place to come, and uh, we appreciate them having us down here every single month. Really easy. Get off that 106 South exit, head east, then you just take a right on that Automall Drive. Correct. Take a slight little turn around, and it's the blue building with the big honda h on it yeah you can't miss it it's it's it stands out amongst all the other auto dealerships here in the Southtown auto mall come on by check it out we got plenty of swag for you guys if you guys want to come by and grab that we'd be happy to talk sports with you we're talking plenty of sports this afternoon adrian obviously college football coming up later tonight we got the cougars and the aggies both in action so and also talk about a thrilling jazz win last night yes we'll get into that um our guy Eric back in studio. He's got a little package for us that we'll get to in just a second here. Mm-hmm. Um, put him on the spot, but I believe he said he had that ready. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But make sure you come down and see, see us. Clearance on all remaining 2019 vehicles. When you hear that word clearance, that means you're getting a pretty good deal, Jake. Yes. And yeah. these Hondas are really cool. We've got an Accord, uh, two Accords, it looks like, next to us. There's the HRV over there, the CRV right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that white looks really nice. They've got the Happy Honda Days clearance pricing on every Honda here. The signs are up. They're ready to get you into a Honda. You can also drive a Civic for $5 a day, an Accord for $6 a day, a CRV for $7 a day. And they've got 100 CRVs in stock, so come check those out. I love those cars, the CRV yeah, awesome crossover. Car. And uh, you get a $50 Megaplex gift card with purchase of a Honda certified pre-owned vehicle today. So if you're coming in and looking for a certified pre-owned Honda, they've got tons of those, the giant selection. And when you drive off the lot, you'll get a $50 Megaplex gift card. Take the family to Sweet. Movies. $50? 50. Wow. 5-0. Right. I, I don't think that's a type. That's a 5-0. Yeah, that's there you go. That's a 5-0. That's so, awesome. Uh, come down and see us. We'll be here till 4 o'clock. Our guy Johnny's down here with our swag table. We've got some. Uh, shirts. We've got five for the fight, orange jazz shirts, black jazz shirts. We've got these desk ornaments. Mm-hmm. We've got a beanie. We've got some hats, some really cool-looking hats. So come down, check it out, come say hey to us. Uh, we always enjoy talking to our listeners that come by. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate you listening every Saturday here on the show. Jake, how are you today? I'm doing all right. The weather for November is awesome. I was up at a high school football game in Smithfield, Utah last night. Why? Yeah, well, my younger brother played. Oh, the Mountain View of the Mighty Bruins. Yeah, they went up there and got beat by Skyview. Their volleyball team lost today. Did they? No, they advanced to the final. They're playing at four. Oh, they? did they beat Farmington? They, they swept Lehigh, I think, or something like oh, that. Oh, I'm on the wrong side of the bracket. You're okay. Sorry, we got eliminated. But so, so early, I, unfortunately, I, I went all the way. So we went all the way to Northern Utah. You think going to Smithfield in November? Weather's going to be awful. It was fantastic. In terms of where we are at right now, weather-wise, I will take this. Considering a week ago it was like in the twenties. Yes, it's a, it's. Uh, we got bit by winter. Yes. Now it's back, and it's perfect <laughs> for fall. It's the it's been the five A six A volleyball tournament going on this week. Uh, fortunately, at Brighton, we fell a little short, but we had a great season. Hey, and uh, Farmington and Mountain View looks like are in the finals for five A. Correct, and it is uh, Copper Hills and Pleasant Grove in the six A final. Really? Okay. So uh, should be pretty fun after Lone Peak didn't make it to the final. They huh? got, I believe, swept by Copper Hills not twenty minutes ago. Okay. So, um, it's been a fun tournament. Saw uh, our our guy Hans's daughter was playing for Westlake. Down, I saw her yesterday. So, How'd Westlake do? Uh, they won their first match, lost to Corner Canyon, I believe, in okay. the second round. So, but uh, had a great season there as well. So Sweet. it's been fun. Volleyball season's always fun, and then it ends abruptly. It does. You know me. I'm, like, so slammed busy for three months. And then and all of a sudden, hey, it's over. Yeah, so no. uh, it's been good. Love the high school athletic scene, and good <laughs> luck to everyone for the rest of the day here. And lest we forget, Jake, the mighty Minnesota Gophers are right now leading. <laughs> Hopefully the Penn can, State Nittany Lions, thirty-one can, to nineteen. Row the boat, put them in the final four. You cowards! Well, they're That's number seventeen, said. but they need to hold on here because uh, Penn State's doing everything they can to to rally here. But we'll see what happens. I if they were to go nine and zero, oh, mm-hmm. 
The last time they went 9-0, and five states weren't in the union yet. There was only 45 states. Really? The last time the Gophers started 9-0. and Seriously? Yes. Wow. All right. Well. And I, uh, their first game in that year, which was 1905, okay. they played a high school team to start the season. They played a That's high school team. That's how long ago. That's how back when college teams would play high school teams. So Minnesota has not been 9-0 since 1905. So it would be 114 yes. years. Yes. Wow. Holy Last time they smokes. were 8-0 was 1941. So, you know, yeah, I saw that. Fleck, lock that guy up. Make sure he doesn't go to USC. Well, they, they, they locked him up. They gave him a bunch of money. You're going to pay him starting at $4.1 million starting next year through 2026. Obviously, if a big-name program really wants to get him, they'll come They're in. They're to have to pay, though. Throw some money, but yeah. they have to pay a lot of money to get him at this point. We'll, so so uh, we'll keep you posted on college football scores for the rest of the day. Um, there's a big-time matchup. One versus two today, which mm-hmm. could have major implications. Two versus three, Adrian. Let's let's get it correct. In the AP, one versus two. <laughs> sorry. In the CFB playoff, two some, versus three. But some of you are going to hear today is actually going to agree with you on that, and that's our good friend Brian Jones from CBS. Yes, we'll we'll talk. We'll hear that conversation with him and Tony on Thursday. But the AP, one versus two, mm-hmm. LSU Alabama. So a lot to talk about today. Utah's on the bye, but we'll still get into their season yep. as they had a monster win last week against uh, the University of Washington. You uh, were working the BYU-Utah State game. We'll get into that a little bit. Correct. Of course, BYU is taking on Liberty today. We're going to let you hear from Hugh Freeze, head coach formerly of Ole Miss, but now at Liberty. And then, Jake, you will be uh, anchoring our BYU-Cougar pre-stuff. Yeah, pre-game Cougar, show Cougar pre- and post-game show live from JCW's in Provo. Should be fun. Uh-oh. And that is an ugly injury right there for Sean Clifford from Penn State. Looks like a cramp. a cramp. Okay, but still, Penn State just scored a touchdown to draw within six. Adrian's going to be going to be freaking out a little bit here down the stretch of this I would game. never freak out. <laughs> right now we're playing with house money, Jake. <clears throat> I was hoping they'd win six games and just go to the whatever bowl. Well, they've already won eight. Those won nine. Be yeah, greedy, I would, Adrian. I would Be love greedy. nine games. Be greedy. Teams I have rooted for have never won a title okay. since I was two years old when the Twins did it okay. in the early 90s. All right. Well, hey. Tim Close, then Brett Favre threw that interception. Yeah, that was a tough go. And you've had kicking issues with the Vikings yes, as a well. little bit of special teams as was on display last week when uh, – Colquitt decided to punt it six yards and give the Chiefs the win. But that's neither here nor there. We've got the Cowboys tomorrow. Should be a good one. But, Jake, yeah. let's start with the Utah Jazz last night. And uh, before we get into it, here's a uh, taste of what happened last night. Our guy Eric has put together a little little uh, compilation of what happened in that Jazz versus the Bucks game. They run that play, so I kind of. I was. To me, there was two options. Either either Kyle was going to come off Brook, either Kyle was going to scream me and they're going to pass to Brook, or either Middleton was going to come off to the corner, go to the corners. I saw him go, and I saw that Royce was hit by the screen, so I had to go. All right, and then the last play, obviously, you know, but how did that get drawn up in, in the huddle? And, and obviously, what, what did you I mean, see? we drew we drew a different play, but Boyan did a. A great read, you know, Milton kind of like was top blocking him, so he just went to the corner and great pass by Joe and great shot. What was the play supposed to be? Uh, it was a different play. I mean, I was supposed to get him open, but he just went the other way, which was great. It worked out pretty well. You and Giannis are two of the elite dunkers in the NBA. I believe you guys were one too last year. He tried to get you a couple times today, and you got a really good block on him. Speak to the emotion that you felt after you got that block. I mean, just try to stay focused on the game. You know, I knew he was going to try to attack me, so I had to be ready. And uh, you know, I, I, I did a great job on that on that play. What kind of an adjustment is it for you guarding Giannis for some of the game, but then you're guarding a traditional big for a lot of the game, having to go back and forth within a game? I think that's really the thing that I've got better at over the years. You know, he's been able to to be comfortable in any situation defensively. I can even guard the wing if I have to, you know. But uh, just being able to understand the, the momentum of the game, the personal, and you know, understand what they what they're trying to do. You know, I know that when they play Yanis at the five, they try to go at me, and uh, I know that when they put Brook at the five, they try to space space me. So I have to keep playing games and uh, and, and try to be the smartest smartest at the end. What helped you guys so effective in the first half defensively? Uh, I would say activity. You know, we were very active, very disciplined, and we didn't give up almost any offensive rebound. And in the third quarter, we did the opposite. 
how, how big a relief was it after giving up that eight-point lead to have them come back and even have a chance to win in there? When you're guarding, when Royce is guarding Giannis and you're guarding somebody else, when do you decide to help and when do you decide to stay on your I just go with the feel, you know. Um, I mean, I try to, when, when, it's not about feeling what they're trying to do, you know. Um, if, he, if Royce isn't, isn't beat by Giannis, I usually won't come. But it's not about feeling the game and feeling what they're trying to do. What does Royce mean to you guys defensively? I, it means a lot. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, we, especially against Philly and, and against this guy. You know, we knew that those are two teams that you know that are contenders. You know, and uh, they're very they big teams. They play big. They're, they're long. They're athletic. So we knew that uh, the rebound was going to be the key both those games. And uh, we had a tough party. We did a great good job. When uh, Mike said you guys kind of ran mostly one play in that first half, uh, different variations on it. When you guys are kind of being creative like that with kind of one set, is that fun? I mean, now that you're only nine games in and you guys. I mean, I, th I think it's great when we're able to move the ball, you know, and and get everyone involved. Um, I think we did a great job doing that today. You know, uh, I think you know having like we have so many options this year. I mean, we didn't have before. I mean, in a different way, you know, but Mike can handle, Donovan can handle, Joe can handle, Boyan can come off, he can stay in the corner. I mean, we got so many options. I can set, I can stay flat. So it's like we, when we, we're about to mix it up and, and, and move it, it's, you know, it's very hard to go. Jake and Coach, that's Rudy Gobert. Back to you. There you go. That was last night's action from the Utah Jazz as they get the 103 to 100 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. Jake, a super good basketball game was as oh. NBA standards go. And, yes. Uh, that's the reason why that league is so great. It's my favorite league to watch. I would say my favorite team is in the NFL, but my favorite league to watch is in the NBA. And it's because okay. of games like that, especially, you know, the Jazz are just pummeling them to yeah. start the game. They've held Giannis to two first half points. No only, field goals Only as well. on free throws. Yeah. yeah, they're up by 20 at the half. You knew the Bucks were going to try to come back. They did. They fought back. The Jazz uh, kind of had a little bit of a meltdown in the final minute, final two minutes of play. <laughs> you can call it a little bit of a meltdown. I call it just a meltdown. Yeah, um, I was trying to be nice. But, yes, they uh, they uh, it seemingly tried to give that game away. Boyan spared the Jazz from being eviscerated yeah. by people online. Yes, yeah. And uh, so, and then, yeah, of course, Boyan Bogdanovich slips out, gets an open look for corner mm -hmm. three, hits it um, on a play where – by all accounts, when they were in that timeout, there was a lot of voices in the huddle. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a different play set up. Then Mike Conley and Boyan spoke up. Yeah. And uh, Coach Snyder, you know, he, this is why he's so great. He didn't say, no, you listen to me. I'm getting this play. He said, okay, let's try this. Yeah. And because uh, you guys have, they had felt the game. Boyan and Mike Conley talked about how Boyan thought he could get that corner look because of something the Bucks had shown all game. He gets it. They get that corner three, and that's all she really – Boyan gets his first game winner of his career. Correct. An exciting night, but uh, incredible NBA game last yeah, night. Yeah, it was. And I, I'm sitting there watching that final, what, 90 seconds. Rudy Gobert, that outlet pass that he decides to dribble up the floor, turns it over. They allow Eric Bledsoe to go on that free throw. There were so many things that went wrong that the Jazz just about uh, collapsed, but it's all – raced due to one play with 1.3 seconds yeah. where Boyan hits that three and yes it's a massive win for the Jazz a lot of good things coming out of this game but a lot of things that can be improved upon especially that final 90 seconds sure. I can guarantee you that Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff they're happy to have the win they're happy that Boyan hit that shot but you can guarantee in film today they were sitting down, and they're watching that final 90 seconds and breaking it down second by second where these guys are screwing things up 
credit to guys like Rudy Gobert and the Jazz defense as a whole. Very good. The first half, like you said, they held Giannis Antetokounmpo to two points. The third quarter, Antetokounmpo, it was a 21 points he scored in the third quarter, the most in his NBA career. An impressive showing there. But in the fourth quarter, they balled him up again. Yeah, he was a monster in that third quarter, and they outscored the Jazz 39-26. to 26, mm-hmm. And that was kind of the only way they were going to be able to get in back yeah. into the game is really dominate that third quarter. And to their credit, they did. And mm-hmm. Giannis was, showed every bit of why he was the MVP. Yes. Oh, yeah. That night. And uh, so it, it became tight. You saw, you know, a little bit of stumbling, as you talked about with the Jazz. But they bottled him up. They had a really good game plan. Uh, that final defense when uh, Donovan dribbled the ball and turned it over. Yeah. With eight seconds left, the Bucks get their opportunity to win the game. Rudy plays it perfectly. You don't want to be shooting a corner three with no time on the clock against Rudy Gobert in the yeah. corner. He played it perfectly. Middleton has to jump and land, drop the ball. Well, and he had to turn, yep. so he didn't even see Gobert, really, I don't think. It, just kind of watching the replay, he, he Middleton had to come back over his left shoulder after he, after he yep. collected that pass, and that way he can't see Rudy coming, yep. and then Rudy, yeah, he makes it so he can't even shoot the shot, and like you said, when Rudy's on you in a, in a, on a corner three situation, you're going to be hard-pressed to get a shot off that's somewhat accurate, so credit to the Jazz defense that held up on that final play, and then obviously Boyan comes through with that big shot. And, yeah, you're right. It, it is nice that Quinn Snyder listened to both uh, Conley and Boyan in that huddle and said, you know what, okay, I like your guys' idea. Let's mm-hmm. go with it. And it pays off. The Jazz get a big win over what, I, in my opinion, is going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference this season. I, I well, they get, and they get two wins this week against the two best teams in the Eastern Correct. Conference. Correct, yes, also yeah. true. Yeah, they also picked up another big win over the 76ers earlier on this week. And those were two big games for the Jazz after a, week, after a disappointing weekend a weekend ago. Because yeah. you go to Sacramento and you allow them to escape with the win when you couldn't box out. Rebounding issues hurt you in both those games at the Clippers as well. I think the Jazz learned from their mistakes a weekend ago, and it paid off with two big wins this week. Yeah, well, the talk has been rebounding in the last. It has. And the last two games, though, you've saw, you have seen a very um, concentrated effort on the on the Jazz and their defensive rebounding. That's coming back, Jake. Look, there's a flag. <laughs> We're watching Big the Minnesota play for the game. Big Lions, but it's headed back the no, other so way. Hopefully. He, but anyway, he, yes, they yeah. have really tried to rebound. You've seen the guards, especially mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal, got his first career double-double last Correct. night. Because um, he is really trying to rebound. And um, Mike Conley's getting boards at six feet tall. Yeah. And of course, Rudy Gobert's crashing the glass. Oh, dang it. Sorry. Holding on the defense. <laughs> um but they have they crashed the boards and they've gotten a lot of help out of guys, especially on a night last night where Donovan Mitchell he did end up with 19 points, but he was pretty quiet throughout last night. But that's the beauty of how this team has been built. He goes eight of 22, but you get 33 out of Boyan Bogdanovich. Mike Conley gives you 19 early points, yes. and you don't need Donovan Mitchell to go out and give you 40. Well, and I was listening to David Locke's postcast edition of Locked On Jazz uh, after the game, and he he mentioned something that I completely agree with. Last year, had Donovan Mitchell gone 8 of 22 with 7 turnovers, the Jazz never win a game. Because yes. there, there wasn't enough firepower right. to balance that out. This year, you're right. 19 points in the first half from Mike Conley, and then also the 33 from Boyan. That was massive in this game, because Rudy was 8 and 17 for himself. Joe Ingles had a relatively quiet night, but it was nice to see the Jazz do what they did. The only concern I have, Adrian, is the Jazz bench right now is not helping out with the minutes the starters are playing. Yes, They're playing over 35 minutes on average for the most part across the board. The starters are... And that's not sustainable in the NBA in this day and age. Yeah, and you're talking about, I mean, Ingles, um, he did have three assists, but he came out with one point. Um, Jeff Green gave you two points. Mm-hmm. George Niang gave you two points. And Tony Bradley had a nice night, seven well, points. Well, see, the thing is, I, th- I, thought, I thought Tony Bradley was the best guy off the bench last night. Now, the one good thing is mm-hmm. um, that, at least last night, and I know we don't really look at Single game plus minus can tell you a lot, but mm-hmm. it also really doesn't tell a lot as well. So you kind of got to take it with a little bit of grain of salt. But um, at least Jeff Green and Joe Ingles were plus 19 Correct. together. So maybe they're not scoring as much, but they didn't really 
sink the boat when they were out there. But I'm with you. Yeah. I think some of the scoring eventually is going to need to have to come from that bench unit. Yeah, the Jazz defensive rating, once again, they held the Bucks to under a point of possession once again last yeah. night. And that's when you do that, for the most part, you're going to win games. And the Jazz have done it. I think David also unlocked on, on Jazz on the postcast edition. If you guys don't listen to the postcast, it's actually a fantastic oh, recap. But uh, he mentioned in, the, in five of the nine games, the Jazz this season have played, they've been kept opponents under a point of possession, and they've won all those games. Games, if I'm not mistaken. So it, the Jazz defense is a big part of why they won this game last night. Very impressed with what they showed. Yes, the 90, last 90 seconds will forever haunt people if that three does not go down because Jazz fans would have just – it would have gone to overtime. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's all erased because Boyan Bogdanovich is the Jazz MVP so far this season, and he stepped up in another critical moment. I, that's an interesting thing that you bring up there, Jake. And I, I think that – um, a lot of fans would say it's Donovan because he's had such a good start to the year. He has, yes. But I, I think you make a fair argument if you put Boyan as the MVP of the first however many games this has well, been. Let's years. put it this way. Boyan's been everything the Jazz thought he could be so far when they signed him to that he contract. Been, honestly, he's been better than I could have thought he was okay. going to be. Well, he's, because I knew he was a good player. Yeah. Honestly, I, I thought he was a really, I thought that, was, that was the biggest pickup. Mike Conley was a good pickup. Absolutely, totally. yeah. And I think Boyan was the biggest pickup of their offseason. Uh, you heard Chris Paul say before the Jazz game mm-hmm. that he said Boyan Bogdanovich might be the most underrated signing of the entire NBA. Yeah. And he's a guy, he's proved that he can attack off the dribble. He can shoot threes. The last night we obviously saw he plays pretty good defense. But he's been incredible. That His dribble drive game is something I did not expect out of him. Well, and I think we're all kind of seeing what uh, Indiana fans saw in the latter half of last year's season. Uh, Because when Victor Oladipo went down with the um, injury for the Pacers a year ago, they they immediately turned and said, Boyan, this is your team. You're going to lead this team. Uh And he put up monster statistics. I'll be honest. I didn't see a lot of Indiana Pacer basketball last year. I saw stat lines because no. I write a lot of headlines. And we watch, and really, when people saw Pacers games, yeah. it was post Oladipo. Correct. Was, they still made the playoffs. Yes, they did. And when we got to watch them, it was kind of post Oladipo. But Boyan, when he was the number one option for Indiana, was very, very good a year ago, and he's mm-hmm. carried that over to what he's doing with the Jazz now. Is he the clear number one option for the Jazz? No, I, I think that's very clear. But is he not though? He should be in, he, in many in moments like that, though. I think. In that situation, yeah. I well, Donovan's also had his moments so far this season as well. Fantastic. Donovan Mitchell has been. He has improved so much, and he's. But last night was the night Donovan wasn't on. Yes. So you take the ball out of his hand and say, Donovan, okay, you're our guy. You know, our, you're you are our guy. But guess what? In this situation, we're going with the hot hand. We're going to yeah. ride Boyan because he's got 30 points. Man's up with 33 after that three goes down. Just an impressive showing all the way around. And the one thing I like about this team, and maybe we can get to this a little bit later, Adrian. Uh, Joe Ingles, he of course is on with DJ and PK each Thursday. He um, dropped a word he shouldn't have dropped on Thursday on air, but he made a good point when making when saying that word. And he he said that you know what I, I I've embraced this role coming off the bench. And he said that everybody on this team we're all in this because we want to win games. And he said if I wanted to be a bleep, I could go on the bench and just pout and be that old grumpy dude on the bench. I've decided I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play my role and we're going to benefit from it. He said, there are going to be points when I'm going to start games and you're going to have other guys sit on the bench. He said that the nice part about this team is everybody's kind of embraced the whole of what Quinn Snyder has envisioned for this team. And so far, the Jazz are off to a, a solid start to the season. That feared slow start has not manifested itself, Adrian, and that's the nice part is you look at it and you feel like the Jazz, okay, they're off and rolling here, and they should have an opportunity here to go on a nice little run. Well, Donovan last night said, he said Boyan makes his life ten times easier. And yeah. I think you make a good point. Donovan's a star. He's gonna When it comes to it, he's going to score clutch points for you. Absolutely. You need it, but it certainly helps if a night that he's off. That you have somebody else. You have Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. And last night I thought was a really good example of when Boyan and Conley are on. Correct, yes. Yeah. Because... Donovan still at 19. Mm-hmm. It was a quiet 19, but they were led by other guys in scoring. Yeah, and see, Conley had 19 points in the first half and really helped the Jazz race out to that big lead they had. Was it 20 points at one point in that first half? He was a big reason why they did that. The nice part is you're having multiple guys contributing in multiple situations for the Jazz that a year ago, games like this would have been tough for the Jazz to win. Mm-hmm. Now you have multiple options. And that's not to say that Joe Ingles isn't even an option if you need him in some situations. The nice part is, is there is a, Quinn Snyder 
player has a lot of weapons at his disposal, and we've seen through was it, we have, are we ten games in this? This it's close. It's uh, it's nine games. Nine so games we're in. nine games in. Quinn Snyder has shown the versatility to use multiple guys in multiple situations and trust that you know what you're going to go make a play for us and we're going to benefit from. Yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, two guys that, that deserve some credit last night. Royce O'Neal mm-hmm. um, had a really solid night. Hit yes. three threes, put that dunk on Giannis. There was a play that Locke and Boone talked about where Giannis tried to post Royce O'Neal up on transition and Royce mm-hmm. just powered him out of there. Did, yeah. Who can do that? And just that specific play was yeah. an effort play by Royce. It caused them to not get the ball down to Giannis in the post. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tony Bradley stepping in for um, injured uh, Ed Davis. Correct. And uh, he had a nice night last night. He's shown that he's an NBA center. He's and, growing up and right before our yeah. eyes. Because he spent, a, he spent, what, the last three years, he spent a lot of time in the G League honing his craft, working on it. And there were questions that if he could step up and be a true backup big in this league, I think the early returns on him since Ed Davis went out with that fractured fibula are that, yes, he can contribute in meaningful spots. I honestly think he might have been the Jazz's best guy off the bench last night because he came in, mm-hmm. got seven big rebounds, eight points. You can't ask for much more from a young man who is really finally stepping into a role. That I think the Jazz, it's been a long game with him. Because when they drafted him, he was really, really raw coming yep. out of North Carolina. Yep. But I think they saw something in him and said, you know what? We're going to have to work diligently with this young man to get him into the spot where he can contribute. And now that he's contributing, it's awesome to see. Yep, totally. Uh, we'll get into this game later as well, Jake. Really fun game last night if you missed it. Uh, check out the post-game show with uh, Coach Gordy Chiesa and Jake Scott as mm-hmm. they broke it down. Uh, big win for the Jazz. Big week for the Jazz as they responded from a couple of bad losses. I mean, bad as in they were a little bit ugly when they lost to the yeah. Kings and the Clippers. Um, but they responded in kind to be probably the two best teams in the Eastern Conference uh, this week. Uh, University of Minnesota pulls off the upset, put them in. They're in, put them in the playoff. Adrian's a very wor- happy man Not now. even worried about Ohio State. Bring them on. Let's go. Okay, then. You're not even worried about Ohio not State. Not even a little. Let's be careful Now there. that Chase Young is gone. <laughs> well, let's just see how long that lasts. Yes, yeah, we'll see. But anyway, no, big win for the program there. We'll get you all the college football scores. Oh, yes. I, yeah. well, That's not all that Eric surprising. Had, Eric in our ear says Ohio State's blown out Maryland. But also Minnesota blew out Maryland. So mm-hmm. they won't beat Ohio State. But it's cool either way. We'll get you into some college football scores in the next segment. Yeah. As well as technical fouls and uh, a professional athlete – in golf did something that happens to me all the time but i'm not forced to retire uh we'll talk about that technical fouls as well (laughs) later on in the show jake's gonna head down to uh jcw's for his uh role with the cougar pregame show so Mm -hmm. a lot of fun here on the zone sports network today we are here at stockton 12 honda 10860 south auto mall drive here in sandy it is the home of the saturday show we're always happy to be here. Clearance on all remaining 2019 vehicles. You can also drive a Civic for $5 a day, an Accord for $6 a day, a CRV for $7 a day. So come down, check it out. These Hondas are great cars. You can also check out the all-new Honda Passport, Jake. 280 horsepower, 3.5 liter V6, and it can, uh, it can max 5,000 pounds towing. So uh, get one of those. Check out the Honda Passport yeah. if you need your towing. Yeah, that, that considering that's a V6 and it's pumping out 280 horses, yep. that's impressive. Yep, totally. So uh, come check us out. Say hey. Come get a shirt. Come get a hat. We've got a lot of gear for you down here today. It's Absolutely. Honda. Coming up on the other side, some scores around college football. We'll also get into BYU taking on Liberty today. Jake, is he worried? Is he not? We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it. Our Cougar expert here on the Saturday show. We'll break it all down. That's all coming up next here. Alone. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network, live from Stockton 12 Honda, down here in the Automall, right next to the John Stockton statue. Jake, we are, and it's a you know that's a, that's a direct replica of the yep. one outside the arena. Yep, and it's a, a big thanks to a couple of listeners who came by. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and uh, little Miles, not even two years old, loves jazz basketball. Yeah, dude, he big fan of jazz. Basketball. He's all over it. That was uh, impressive. He said, he said they listened to the jazz broadcast and watched the 
game on TV, and that kid just loves the game already. So Sweet. that's awesome. And uh, shout out to another listener who brought us some uh, candle. Some, yeah, it's a, it's a fragrance, candles, yeah, candle fragrance warmers, yeah. Pretty cool. So a uh, big thanks to coming by. Um, of course, uh, the Jazz last night get the 103-100 victory, as we talked about last segment, over the Milwaukee Bucks. They will be back in action on Monday on the road against the new-look Golden State Warriors. Yeah, and that's the, that'll be interesting to see how the Jazz do against the Warriors because obviously the Warriors now are not what they were. Um, Steph Curry's out now long-term, it appears, with that uh, – metatarsal break in his hand but D'Angelo Gunther had a fantastic oh had a fantastic um, showing last night for the Warriors now they'll be looking to see what they can do Monday night but it's no longer because the thing about this Adrian a year ago had we said the Jazz and the Warriors we'd all be getting geared up for a big game yeah. now it almost feels like an also ran that's the yeah, weird I mean, part it's, about it. it's D'Angelo Russell Eric Pascal Willie Cauley-Stein you know some good players but that's not the Warriors people are used to as Draymond Steph and Clay are all out on injury and some reports, uh, whether conflicting or not, that the mm-hmm. uh, the Jazz or not that that uh, Steph Curry may be out the rest of the season. We don't really know, but we'll see what happens with the Warriors. Yeah. Obviously, they've got they've been to five straight finals. If they shut everybody down and come back next year, more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, some college football scores. Of course, we talked about Penn State being uh, defeated by. University of Minnesota, 31-26. to ASU and USC is about to go underway. Jaden Daniels uh, will not play today, it appears. He is being shown in street clothes as uh, Joey Yellen. Is that mm-hmm. his name? Joey well, Yellen versus Keaton Slovis, the two true freshmen squaring off. So uh, a couple uh, – that's a game in the Pac-12 South that, of course, people in Salt Lake will have their eyes on. Correct. Uh, it would be nice if, if – if USC were to go down again, just put another little cushion between the Utes yeah. and them in the Pac-12 South. Um, some other scores, Ohio State, as we mentioned, they are demolishing Maryland right now, 73-14, to 14, Jake. Uh, Baylor and TCU in second overtime, Jake. TCU puts a touchdown on the board. They are up 23-16. to 16. Um and uh, Baylor has the ball now. Number 12, Baylor on the ropes. Kind of a team that people had their eye on because they are undefeated in the Big yeah. 12. And so you kind of have to, as far as playoff committee goes, but it appears they may fall in, uh, on the road at TCU. That'd be a big win for TCU. Yeah, Matt Rule's done an incredible job rebuilding Baylor from all from the whole scandal under Art Bryles. And to have them undefeated at this point in the season is truly impressive. But TCU... Talk about a team that might be the best four and four team in the country because right. they have battled everybody that they have played. So, I, I, this will be an interesting thing how it plays out. We've got it up here on the TV here at Stockton Twelve Honda. Come on by and say hi. I'd love to see you guys. But it's a crazy day. Mar- Ohio State laying it on Maryland right now, seventy-three to fourteen. Yeah. Not even close there. Um, Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia. A little bit of a battle here. Georgia Tech giving them everything that they can handle right now. Uh, Virginia up thirty-three to twenty-eight with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter there, and that'll be. Uh, Bronco has had a. He's put together a great team out there at Virginia, but they have had some tough losses uh, as yeah, well. Definitely. Uh, Florida, they win 56-0 to zero over Vanderbilt. Uh, LSU and Alabama getting underway just momentarily. Sounds like Tua Tungvaloa is going to be back today, mm-hmm. Jake. Yes, and that... That's a big get for Alabama. That should be... I mean, I would say Minnesota-Penn State's the game of the day, but this is actually the game of the day. Well, yeah, you got number one versus two or and two versus three, depending on you look. playoff committee implications in this one yeah. maybe we'll get into a little bit later uh where we think the committee is going to go in the next few weeks because i this year is going to be one of the most fascinating Correct. to see what they have i feel like they've had it pretty easy the last few years to like people haven't really been left out since that baylor and uh, was it tcu a few years back when they got left out mm-hmm. for ohio state yeah. but since then i think it's been pretty simple for the committee but this might be a year where things get really interesting. So, uh, Kansas State—they are kicking under—they uh, are kicking out, off against Texas. Uh, number nineteen, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech. Number twenty, Cincinnati and UConn. Uh, later on in the day, a game that people should have their eye on: Wisconsin, Iowa. Of course, Georgia hosting Missouri, Clemson, NC State. That'd be big for Ute fans if somehow NC State could upset that one and then number nine oklahoma hosts iowa state where iowa state seems to pull off some sort of miraculous win at any time <laughs> every year maybe just one but not 
all the time. Well, and see, Oklahoma with their loss to um, Oklahoma and their their loss to Kansas State last week, kind of a surprising development there. But yeah, it will be interesting to see if they can hold it together, and we'll see where it ultimately shakes out. So I, I. <laughs> I just I look at it and I feel like the, the playoff committee has got multiple options now. Of course, Penn State's probably going to drop out now, and obviously you're going to have LSU and Alabama unless they play Penn like. Penn State's got to win out. They got to beat Ohio yeah. State at the end of the year. So yes, exactly. Yeah. So it it will be interesting to see uh, where it ultimately shakes out. But we still have weeks to go in yep. terms of that. But each week these games are going to really count heavily towards it. And if you're a Utah fan, you're sitting here rooting for all kinds of chaos. Yeah, and that's why you can't decide. I don't think you can decide with six weeks left. Well, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know what the committee is going to decide until the season's over. So you can talk about biases and everything, but I I think you got to wait until the season ends, and then you go, well, darn it. Yeah. If you got in, you got in. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that later, though. There's a lot of of scenarios of what can go down in the the college football playoff. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. So for Utah fans watching uh, college football today, because they're on by, what mm-hmm. are the two matchups that they should be paying the closest attention to, you think, and who should they be ro- rooting for in those two matchups? Well, one just played out just barely. The Penn State yeah. loss, obviously, is a big one. Because you, you need, you, you, if you're a Utah fan, you need as much chaos in front of you to take place. You need teams to drop because... You're rooting for Missouri yeah. today. You're rooting for NC State today. Anybody who's ahead of you in the rankings, you want to lose. Because if you're a Utah fan, if you're Utah, the Utes, you need to win out and you need to have some help in front of you. Just the simple truth of the matter. Because the Pac-12, it's an uphill climb. And Oregon, their fellow conference uh, affiliate, is in front of them in the rankings. You're going to probably face them in the Pac-12 championship game. And whoever wins that game, you've got to hope at that point that one of you is already in, sitting inside the rankings there, and that way it can lock you in at that point. But you've got to just hope that chaos takes place in front of you. Yep, you, got, you need – I mean, Georgia, they lost to South Carolina, so that's mm-hmm. a team that could lose at any time. Correct. NC State or uh, Clemson, they escaped North Carolina because Mac – I, I say, you know, heck yes to Mac Brown for going for two mm-hmm. at home against the number one team in the country at that Correct. point. Correct. Go for it. They fell short, but uh, Clemson hasn't necessarily. They just played Wofford last week, so haven't, <laughs> they haven't necessarily been very yeah. um, impressive to me. So those are the kind of teams you look for. Baylor, you kind of want Baylor to lose because you don't want another undefeated team in the mix. Correct. Especially if they're an undefeated conference champion. So you're looking for Baylor to drop one. So pretty much anyone undefeated and ahead of you. Yes, exactly. So. You just have anybody in front of you lose. That way you move up just naturally due to the, how the committee seems to look at things. Yep. And it will be interesting to see where it ultimately plays out. The, the, the interesting part is we have two other local teams in action tonight, speaking of BYU and Utah State. These are two programs that are kind of on different paths right now, Adrian. Yes. BYU seems to be ascending a little bit here after two big wins over their rivals in Boise State and Utah State. They're going to take on Liberty today. The point spread still sitting at 17 points in favor of the Cougars. That seems about right. Liberty's a decent program, but BYU shouldn't struggle with this team. They should be on a five-game winning streak going into San Diego at the end of this month. Whereas Utah State, they face a critical, critical showdown in Fresno this evening. They need to beat the Bulldogs because they're they're on a downhill slide right now, and you don't want it to snowball on you. And they, Gary Anderson talked about it earlier this week with DJ and PK. We've got to keep our guys engaged, and we need yeah. simply they just. Need a win that's the biggest thing they just need a win that would help and they they haven't looked great no BYU demolished them well and their defense is faltered the defense isn't great especially without um their guy in the middle there and uh, when he missed BYU the BYU David Woodward Woodward missed BYU last night or last week that that made such a big difference BYU um on the uphill they they lost those two games but they have really turned things around Kalani Sitake has taken over mm-hmm. a lot of the duties and it's that's what a head coach needs to do if things are faltering it comes down to him yeah and uh, he he took the reins beat two rivals yep something we've talked about a lot out of BYU is they haven't been able to beat their rivals they get two out of the three that's kind of what it's the first time he has a winning record against his rivals in his head coaching career in a it, season right and that's kind of what we've all talked about before the season sure those p5 games are great yes you went two and two but what are you going to do against your rivals and they yep. lost to beat Utah mm-hmm. because Utah is a legit threat to go to the playoffs. Correct. And that was a legit Utah showing in that game. They, I mean, the score was probably closer than it really showed in that game. But they get those two wins. Then you, you respond by 
totally faltering to bad G5 teams. But you come back and you win, the, you win, off, um, you win two in a row against your rivals. Yeah. And tonight you got Liberty, a team that you have no business losing to. <laughs> don't care how many points they score. Yeah. And they won't. I don't think BYU is going to lose tonight at yeah. all. So BYU on the uphill. Mm-hmm. Utah State, even though they're in that conference race, they need a win. Like you're Yes, they, just, they need a win for their confidence. And that's, that's the biggest thing because uh, David – yeah, David Woodward's going to be probably out for the season, it sounds like. And losing him is just – he's the linchpin of that defense. You need guys like Metzenheimer to step up in the middle there for Utah State's defense. They need the defensive line to step up. Uh, obviously, Fre- Fresno's not um, Fresno's not as good of a program as they were a year ago because they were lights out a year ago with Marcus McMarion yep. under center. But this is a this is a plenty dangerous team. They're also four and four. They're looking to get a win to get to, closer to bowl eligibility. You're in uh, Fresno playing the Bulldogs, and it's a homecoming game for Jordan Love. It'd be cool to see him in his hometown of Fresno go out and have a have the showing we've all kind of expected him to have because he hasn't had it yet this year. No, I'm, I'm actually very it, – it's strange. And I don't know if it just has come down to the coaching change and they haven't figured out a way to make it work with him. I know a lot of it has to do with the turnover on the team, but he has not played well. And he didn't play well against yeah. BYU. He made a couple throws that had, you know, the announcers were drooling over Jordan Love. That's an NFL game. throw. And then they, like, had to back off it because he wasn't playing very well. Yeah. And Three interceptions he, he again. Some, he's made some decisions that maybe it's overconfidence, Jake, but he hasn't played very well. I honestly think he's in his own head. Honestly, At I this think point, yeah. I, th- I think he's he he's stressing over the fact that he's got NFL scouts cr- uh, analyzing every move he makes, seemingly because they're looking at every throw. They're analyzing everything about what he's doing on the field. Mm-hmm. What he needs to do, and the, Gary Anderson and his staff need to get to him and say, "Young man, go play your game. Don't worry about everything else going on around you. Just go play football and let the bygones be bygones." Is it the worst thing in the world if, if you have to come back for another year to solidify your NFL draft position? No, because you can, you can put up more stats. He's probably going to – but, yeah, I'm with you. He's probably likely going to leave, but he just needs to get out of his own head, go play his game, and give himself an opportunity to have a breakout performance that we've all kind of hoped he would have at some point this season. Yeah, we talked a lot about um, Josh Allen and how he compares to yeah. uh, what Jordan Love – and the, the conversation has always been – um, Josh Allen in his year after he became, struggled, struggled-ish, mm-hmm. but he's a guy who still put up nearly 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns to six interceptions on that year. And Jordan, Jordan Love. Love has not even really – I mean, I know they put up 700 yards against Stony Brook. I believe he's at 10 to 12, and I think it's 10 uh, touchdowns to 12 interceptions on the season for So for can we Jordan still Love. compare those two quarterbacks even though they were it's a, It's a natural West. comparison to draw because they're both Mountain West quarterbacks playing in the Mountain Division, but maybe it's not necessarily the most apt. Not anymore. Yeah, anyway, not anymore, right? at least right now. But I, it would be cool to see a kid, Jordan Love, who is from Fresno, California, go back to his hometown go have a great performance against the Fresno State Bulldogs and lead the Aggies to a win that would really, I think, help kind of reset their season in this final month as they try to kind of regain their footing and stay in the conference race. I yep. think it'd be massive. They need it tonight. I'm hopeful the defense has figured some things out. I know Gary Anderson is going to be similar to what Kalani Satake is going to do. He's going to step in and be more forceful, more and more, have more of a, a direct impact on the defense, I would expect, going forward as well. The only thing I hope for is that the Aggies can kind of rally around each other and they'll make sure that they'll, they'll figure things out. Okay, Scotty corrected me. Love is from Scott Gerard. Love is from Bakersfield, not Fresno. Bakersfield's not far away, but it's still essentially a hometown game for him. Yeah, so. yeah and they, the thing, though, that's nice is they are still playing for a conference. Yeah, absolutely. They, like that's something that they still have in, yeah. in, in their future if they can change things around. And they got Boise State still looming out there, and you've you got to take care of business. Wyoming's coming up, I believe, next week. So it, you just want to see the Aggies go out and get a win because they need one in the worst way after those back-to-back rough defeats at Air Force against BYU because the defense was exposed, plain and, and simple. And the winning, winning cures all. It does. And we've talked about how Jordan Love is pressing and wh- whether or not it's be- – I think you bring up a great point yeah. that you know every single one of his throws and every single thing he does is being analyzed. Yeah, now, it is. I mean, by NFL scouts, by – announcers on tv (laughs) like everything he does is being analyzed because he has the acumen to be a good nfl quarterback yes 
He's look got for this. him to have a good stretch down the end yeah. of the season. And if winning cures all, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have a good game, and then sports is all about confidence. It is. And it, all of a sudden you start throwing, you zip the ball around. You When a quarterback's feeling it, you can tell. Yes. And he's a guy that would, if he gets back in a rhythm, I think Utah State's going to have a pretty – they should be able to have a good ending to the season. Yeah, one note on BYU before we take a break here is that I expect that you're going to see Baylor Romney tonight. Uh, he's been dealing with a foot issue. Uh, he had that against – it came out of the Boise State game, and it's just something he's been dealing with. It's not going to necessarily hamper his ability to um, be effective, I don't think, but it is an issue. I don't expect Jaron Hall or Zach Wilson to play tonight. I don't think either of them are going to be cleared by the coaching staff or the training staff down there in Provo. So Baylor Romney will get another start for BYU, and – all things considered, BYU, just go take care of business. These next three games, it should be three wins for BYU. You should be 7-4 and four going into San Diego State. If you're not, we have issues. We've got other things. Yes, to exactly. <laughs> uh, coming up on the other side, we've got technical fouls here on the Saturday show. Uh, exciting game going uh, down in Fort Worth as mm-hmm. TCU. Uh, they thought they had scored a touchdown. Uh, after further review, they will not get the score. So in triple overtime, it is 29-23. to 23. Uh, TCU looks to be near the goal line, uh, but they are down to undefeated Baylor at home looking to score this up. We are in triple overtime as the Horned Frogs are looking to make the big upset. Like you said, maybe the best 4-4 four and four team in the country, uh, but seemingly finding ways to lose, but have been in a bunch of tight games. Gary Patterson is one of the better coaches in the country that people don't talk about. He's done incredible yeah, talk about things. another guy who made a transition from the Mountain West mm-hmm. into a P5 conference yeah. and has found a lot of success. Well, TCU and Utah are the two that have made that transition and made it successfully. That's yep. the impressive part about it, and it's a credit to both their head coaches. Yep. Stability a head coach helps out quite a bit. Totally. So on the other side, we'll let you know how that game breaks out, and uh, also we've got technical fouls, including a golfer who did it's something I do almost every time I go on the golf course, but it didn't cost me millions of dollars, but maybe it cost him. <laughs> we'll talk about that next year on the Saturday show, live from Stockton 12 Honda, 10860 South Auto Mall Drive here in Sandy. Really easy to find. We'll tell you about what they've got uh, for you, the listeners, and for you, the Honda customers. All coming up next here on the Saturday. It, it may be in the valley. Yeah, okay. It's in the yeah. valley. They're in the valley together. We've got a good friend actually from Bakersfield, so I should have known that, actually. That's on me. So No, no, no. It's the same state. Like, like I said, I didn't know my geography. You <laughs> the, know, like. the central valley of California. That hey, uh, Scotty, before, before we get into uh, the football game tonight, how about that basketball game last night for the Aggies? Yeah, I, uh, I've not been able to watch much of it. We were out uh, talking to coaches last night, so I caught about five minutes of it, and uh, apparently it was all Utah State in that one. And, uh, yeah, of course, I leave, and Tony gets a gets to call a 55-point blowout <laughs> against Weber State. But, you know, it's funny. They didn't play well against Montana State. Montana State had a really great performance from uh, Harold Frey, who ended up scoring, I think, 36, 37 points, and it was a drama-filled game. Went right down to the wire, and I think Utah State felt a little grumpy about that. And uh, and Weber State came without their big gun and Jared Harding, and Utah State put it on them pretty good. I mean, that's that's what you would expect the 17th-ranked team in the country to do, and, uh, boy, they played like it last night. Yeah, and that's the interesting part is they're doing this without Nemesh Keta so far, and that I'm sure he'll be back at some point this season, but very impressive showing. Uh, I was actually up in uh, the Cache Valley last night, Scotty, watching high school football, and I ran into an Aggie fan who was headed over to the game, and they were actually quite nervous going into that game. They were, they're like, well, they struggle against Montana State. I'm like, okay, I get it, but like you said, Scott, the 17th-ranked team in the country, you just win games. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter if Montana State gave you a battle. It was an impressive showing last night to see them do what they did against the Wildcats. That's the thing, you know, and look, you know, we're all employed because people get emotional about sports, so, you know, God bless yes. everybody. But but sometimes we overreact over little things. And, and that Montana State game, I'm not saying it was a little thing, but that was a overreaction. That's not who Utah State is. It was their first game. They had some new faces. And then when they got things dialed in, and I'm sure there was a very strong conversation about defense, and, boy, they flex their muscles against Weaver in a big way. That might have been the best thing that happened to that basketball team, to have that opening night oh, yeah. game against Montana yeah. State. Yeah, that rattled the cage pretty good. Scott Gerard and Kevin White joining us right here now here on the Saturday show. They'll be on the call for Utah State taking on Fresno State tonight. Um, guys, Utah State, 4-4 four and four on the season, but 3-1 and one in conference. Um, we were talking just a minute ago about Jordan Love and maybe some of his struggles. There may be a lot of factors, but as you guys have watched him play, what do you think has gone into this kind of seemingly step back of a season for the quarterback? 
Well, I'll concede to the quarterback on that one. <laughs> well, I, you know, as I watch him, uh, there's a handful of things that, that are in play here. One is uh, a little bit of a, uh, uh, should we call it lackluster performance by the front line in front of him? I mean, it, when you look at the film and you watch the, the pressure that gets into Jordan Love and how quickly the pressure gets into Jordan Love, you know, he, he's having to make, uh, you know, quicker decisions. And uh, sometimes when those decisions have to be made quickly and you, you haven't had a chance to go through your progressions, that leads to some turnovers. And that, that's what happened last week against BYU. And uh, that's why you see, for example, in that first interception in the first half that led to a BYU touchdown that Kavika Fanua picked off, you, mm-hmm. you knew you had the drop eight. So you had the four linebackers underneath. You had the corners and the safeties back behind. And so he's trying to, to figure out how to get the ball in between the safety and behind the linebacker. Well, on that particular play, because they're getting pressure with just a three-man front, they've got to hold Gerald Bright, the running back, in to try to help chip on one of the, the defensive tackles. That takes Gerald Bright out of the route combination and allows Kavika Fanua to drop deeper into, into pass coverage. And so when you've you got the, the pressure up front and you've got the, um, you know, you're kind of got, you've got that clock as a quarterback in your head, 1,001, 1,002, I've got to get this ball out, and you don't have the opportunity to go through all of your progressions, that's led to a few turnovers. Now, he did throw for 394 yards a week ago, and they got into the, uh, inside the 36 different times against BYU but only put two touchdowns on the board. So tonight, I think you got to figure out how to score when you get inside the scoring zone. And uh, that'll be one of the keys tonight. And he's going to have to protect the football better. He's got 12 interceptions on the season. And a lot of that has to do with the inability to protect and give him a little bit more time to go through his progressions. Yeah, we saw uh, Jalen Warren make a cameo appearance against BYU. What's his status going into this game? Uh, he'll go tonight. Uh, I would imagine okay. they'll go with the rotation that they've had. They'll start Gerald Bright, and then uh, Jalen Warren will come off and have that second series. Uh, and, and it's look, there, there's just been a situation where he's he's been healthy to start a game, and then a game mm-hmm. kicks off, and then he gets hurt, and you don't see him again. And uh, that's got to end because when when Jalen Warren plays and plays for a full game, which hasn't happened a lot this year, the offense is much much better. The offensive line looks better. He's just Gerald Bright's a great running back. Jalen Warren's just a different beast. He's a little bit more like Darwin Thompson, uh, but the problem is he likes to he likes to head hunt. And he looks for contact. He absorbs contact, and uh, you can do that at snow. You can't do that at the FBS level. You're going to get hurt, and so he's got to yeah. run the ball better. He's got to run the ball smarter, and uh, know when to get down. And uh, if he can, this is a more dynamic offense with him out on the field. Yeah, I was going to say, Scotty, I felt like when he has played full games for Utah State this year, he, he changes the whole dynamic of how that yep. offense operates. Because I mean, you just go he, back, he, go back yeah. to that Wake Forest game. I mean, he was a yes. horse in that Wake Forest game, and that offense, Correct. probably that was their best offensive performance of the season. Yeah, and I, I just feel like a guy like him, because you're right, he's more of the Darwin Thompson, the Robert Turbin type of running back who is more that workhorse, and Gerald Bright can complement off of that. And I really do think that combo can help relieve some of the pressure off a guy like Jordan Love quite a bit. Yeah, and that's going to be key. If they can run the ball, especially in the red zone, you know, the problem is you get down to BYU and you got that three-man front, and you can't run the ball to pull them out of that three-man front uh, like Correct. Toledo did in the second half. Um, then, you know, then then they can just lay back and, and you have a hard time passing inside the red zone. If Utah State can run the ball consistently, and now look, Fresno's not going with a three-man front, but if they can run the ball consistently, then that makes your offense so much better, and that's kind of the hope in this game today. Uh, when we're looking at Fresno State today, Scotty and Kevin, uh, a team that they lost to USC to start the season off, but it, they were in that one. Then, of course, they lost in double overtime to the Gophers of the University of Minnesota, who are now 9-0 and on the season uh, as they picked off Penn State. You can't tell. We've morning. got a very proud Golden Gophers fan on, uh, on, then, on, no, on there today. Lost, they've lost to Air Force and <laughs> Roll Colorado that State. But, yes, exactly. <laughs> then uh, coming off a win against Hawaii, but they've got a Raynaud quarterback. He's been able to move the ball a little bit. But defensively for Utah State, where do you think they have an advantage tonight? Well, I think, uh, you know, when you look at Reyna, he's got the ability to beat you with his legs as well as with his arm. And so Utah State, you might see a little bit of a, a, a more of a spying technique tonight uh, against Reyna. Uh, you know, maybe play more of a, a three-man or, you know, an odd front to, to try to offset that quarterback run. Um they come in averaging 34 points per ball game, and uh, so that offense has been, you know, 
lighten up the scoreboard a little bit, and they've been playing a lot of shootouts. I mean, that last uh, game against Hawaii, 41-38. The weekend before that, Colorado State came in here and, and got them 41-31. It may have to be that kind of game tonight for Utah State to come out with a win. It may have to be a shootout, especially the way that the Utah State defense has played the last couple of weeks. So, you know, they're, they're playing without David Woodward. They're getting a lot of young guys, A.J. Vongpachan and uh, Elijah Shelton will, will get that inside linebacker position in place of David Woodward. Um, you know, they'll rotate those guys up front. But I think tonight's going to be one of those games where uh, Utah State has got to do a better job of tackling, especially in the secondary and especially in open space. They've got a couple of burners out there and Jalen Cropper and, and a few others that uh, they've got the ability to get deep and they've got the ability to, to do, uh, you know, a lot of stuff in the running game with, with uh, jet sweeps and different things. And they've got uh, Ronnie Rivers at running back who's uh, uh, had 100 yards rushing in each of the last two ball games. So very diverse, multiple sets. Uh, they'll put people in motion. They'll try to get you positionally out of, out of, uh, out of whack, and, uh, and then they'll try to hit you. And so Utah State's going to have to be sound, be alignment sound, gap control sound, and uh, they've got to be able to play more physical and be, and be better tacklers tonight in order to come out of here with a victory. Well, I think all of us have seen Jeff Tedford, his time at Cal, what he's done is just an offensive mind. He, he's a very innovative offensive mind. How has this uh, Fresno State offense looked different than it has in past years with guys like Marcus McMarion under center? Well, I mean, you got a you got a kid in Reyna who's not. I mean, you think a big, strong, tall, you know, Kyle Bowler, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you go down the list well, yeah, of the quarterbacks he, that he's yeah, had. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this guy is not that. He is. He's five. He's six foot, probably a little under, uh, a little bit more of a bowling ball out there. He's not a guy that's gonna just sling every throw out there on the field. But you know what? He is. He's a baller, and he's a kid that. You know, he's got a little uh, Johnny football to him, too, where he'll extend plays, keep plays alive. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the run, uh, the quarterback at San Diego State that's uh, that just kind of runs around a lot trying to extend plays and play a little backyard football. Utah State's aware of that. Um, and so the offense hasn't been consistently great this year. They've certainly taken a step backwards from when they won the Mountain West Conference last year. Defensively is really where they've taken a step backwards as opposed to last year. But offensively, they're just not clicking like they were last year. But they can certainly put points on the board, watch for a lot of fly sweeps, uh, a lot of action out of the run game to try to create some opportunities. Their second leading rusher is a is a wide receiver, and their second leading receiver is a running back. So they're, they're certainly diversified yeah. in what they do offensively. Well, before we let you guys go, I wanted to ask you a little bit of a national question. Uh, LSU and Alabama going at it right now, 7-0. LSU has the lead, and they have the ball. But you guys had a front-row seat to that LSU team. Uh, First of all, what was that environment like, and how good does this LSU team look when uh, you guys got to watch them in person? It was hot. <laughs> I do remember that. Yes, yes. ninety-eight was, degrees, ninety-eight percent humidity. Right? Yeah, it was not fun. And, and we had an open air booth at LSU, and oh, it was on. with no circulation. Open air booth in a closet. Yeah, uh, up <laughs> up a ways. It was it was not fun. I think we each lost about twelve pounds that afternoon. Easy, all Easy. right. But you know, when I look at it, uh, you know, LSU is the best football team I've seen, um, and I've had a chance to see them a couple of times. Uh, on TV and obviously up close. And the difference for LSU this year is that quarterback, yeah. Joe Burrow, who may end up being your Heisman Trophy winner. I think what did he come in today, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions, something like that. Correct. And, uh, you know, when you look at that guy that uh, is pulling the trigger and, and the weapons, they've always had great weapons, but they've never really had that trigger guy that could get the, the ball to the outside. They've always been sort of that run first sort of mentality. Well, the, They've now got that offense that's equal to their defense, and I got a funny feeling that they may walk out of Tuscaloosa this afternoon with a with a W, and they'll put themselves in prime position to make a spot in the playoffs and potentially. I think I called it the day we played them. I said I think that may be your national championship team right there. Yeah, hard hard not to hard not to go into that. And you know it's funny because we watched him. You know he threw an interception early on in that game and was thrown a little high in the early stage of that Utah State game, and then. And then, and then all of a sudden it just kind of clicked in, and when he got dialed in, I don't know if the ball ever hit the turf the rest of the game. I mean, he was just deathly accurate. He's got a lot of moxie. And then defensively, uh, they're just lights out. So uh, they've got everything that LSU teams really ha- usually have, and then the, you've got a really good quarterback. And it, it was – I'm telling you what, it, it was a bucket list game for, for us uh, to be able to be there in that environment uh, and watch that team and see how they handle their business. I mean, it is – it was a sight to behold, to say the least. But uh, certainly it was a game that I'm sure Utah State never wants to go there again, especially in early October. <laughs> Maybe in <laughs> September or August. 
Yeah, yes. when it's only ninety six and ninety six percent humidity. <laughs> yeah, when the locals <laughs> complain about how, how hot it is, you know it's hot. That's true. That is a good point. Yes, that it would that would indicate to you this is not normal. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, we appreciate you coming on, joining us for a couple of minutes, and have a great call tonight. And uh, we look forward to listening to you on the Zone Sports Network. Sorry, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to bump technical fouls. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. We'll oh, catch we, up on this it. This was worry. way better than anything. Yeah, come I on. Had. I doubt yeah. that. And then will you yeah, point yeah. out what Bakersfield is at for I'll me? Stop. I'm not- <laughs> An hour and a half south of Fresno is the crow flies. I just looked it up on MapQuest myself. So Yeah, that's not really a hometown game, Jake, but that's okay. Close and enough. Jake, <laughs> Jake have the nephew do? The oh, nephew? Geez, oh, Look at you actually, it in, man. Oh, did they get Oh, wait a minute. Didn't... Who won they that played game? a Skyview, right? Yeah, Skyview worked. Yeah, so it's actually my younger brother. It's my youngest brother. Oh, she got smoked brother? yesterday by Skyview. Oh, so brother. you're just rubbing oh, all kinds sorry, of salt Jake. in the wound. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. No, my, my parents will be more offended than, uh, than I will be Nate, about that give one. Give Nate a call and, and, and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> now they the se- season's over for Mountain View, but they better one of the best seasons they've had in two decades. So we'll take it. Awesome. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. There you go. Scott Gerard, Kevin White. Don't forget to catch them mm-hmm. on the call tonight. Utah State taking on Fresno State. Should be a pretty fun game. Uh, cross-divisional game tonight. Correct. They'll have the play-by-play coverage of that game beginning at 4 o'clock on 1280 AM. We'll have, of course, the Cougar pregame show on 97.5 FM, so we'll have you covered for both games locally. Um, and uh, we're, with that, Jake, mm-hmm. we'll say goodbye to you, and we'll talk to you in about... 45 minutes yeah. when you get back on a headset. Uh, but we are here at Stockton 12 Honda here in uh, the Automall, 10860 South Automall Drive. Really easy to find. Get off that 106 South exit and uh, head east. Take a ride on the Automall, then head down and come see us. Come see me. Come see Johnny. Come see Jake. We'll give you some jazz shirts as they've got clearance on all 2019 remaining vehicles. So come down. And we hear clearance. That's a big-time savings. So make sure you come down and check out the vehicles. Also, you can drive a Honda Civic for $5 a day and a Accord for $6 a day. That CRV for $7 a day. And they've got 100 CRVs in stock. So come down, check them out. Also, if you pick up a pre-owned, Honda-certified pre-owned vehicle, you get $50 Megaplex gift card. Go take the family to the movies when you head out of here with a Honda certified pre-owned vehicle should be that's a great deal so come down check it out they've got their giant selection out here on the lot coming up on the other side we're going to let you hear from DJ and PK as they had a conversation with Hugh Freeze head coach of Liberty as Liberty is preparing to take on BYU today so that's all coming up next here on the Saturday show